Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business, and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and, more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five- and six-figure launches, tripled their income, and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I have a phenomenal guest on the podcast today that I'm so excited to introduce you to. Her name is Rachel Cushop, and she is a marketing coach, copywriter, speaker, and teacher. Rach supports multi-passionate women to build a sustainable and profitable business without having to choose between their passions, compromise their values, or use unethical marketing tactics. Rachel supported over 3,000 creative entrepreneurs to gain financial freedom through launching their signature services and products and creating content with confidence and clarity. Rach is also one of my Swift Inner Circle clients, a beautiful friend and an exceptional human being. She is smart as fuck, cares deeply about her clients and is committed to making the world a better place, which you will hear in this episode. I know you're going to love it. Enjoy. So Rach, we get told that we need to show up as experts online, but often we don't actually feel like experts, especially if we're in newer stages of our business. So if that's the case, what do you recommend that we do instead? Well, first, I think we actually need to redefine what it means to be an expert. I think traditionally we feel like an expert, you need to know everything. Like you've been studying like academically in your field for the last 50 years, you know, maybe you're wearing a tweed jacket and unless (laughs) you can like pull off that look and unless you can like list like all these credentials, all these accolades, you can't be an expert. Mm -hmm. And I think we're definitely moving away from that understanding and definition of expert. So I always say to my clients, what do you think an expert means and when they list all of those things I say that's great that's one type or way of looking at an expert but even if you don't have you know academic experience you don't have three degrees in perhaps what your business is or the work that you're doing you also have professional experience and life experience that you can draw upon too and I think it's actually our ability to transfer skills knowledge an experience that actually makes us an expert. It's our ability to go, okay, what can I bring to this new role, business, job, and bring it together? And it's normally most of us are experts because we have like a whole bunch of different buckets and we can pull from those and we can bring our own unique experiences to our business. And I think when we start to see being an expert like that, we start to realize we have so much to offer 
our dream clients. And I think when we do that as well, we get confidence from that because it's something from a place of knowing it's a place where we have been, uh, you know, approved appraised before. And often when we start our businesses, I know with my clients and I did start to do this too. So I'm going to call myself out on this. I was like, I'm not an expert at business, even though I have a business degree, even though I'm a marketing manager and I wanted to burn it all down and start everything from scratch. And so when I came in with that, I really didn't feel like an expert. I felt like I couldn't say anything. I couldn't approach different businesses. I couldn't put anything out there. And then just one day I realized, like, would I be advising a business as an entity to do this? No. Would I be advising another person to do this? No. And then I was like, oh, I really do need to redefine what it means to be an expert for me and for others. It's such a good point, isn't it? Because when I think about who I value in, say, the online space and who I take advice from and follow and am influenced by, it's really those people who are leaning into their life experience, like you say, and those people that are sharing from that place. I think I'm actually um, somewhat deterred if someone is more like, you should listen to me because of, you know, these degrees and these things that I've studied. Like I want the like juicy, I've been there. I know what you're experiencing. Here's the realness of that. Like that's something that I actually prefer. And so why do we then put these almost old school patriarchal standards on what an expert is? Like you say, like tweed jacket, you know, here's my official pieces of paper And I've never actually thought about the concept of how being an expert has shifted and been redefined as something that is so linked to patriarchal thinking, but it really is. Yeah. And I talk a lot about this and teach a lot of this in the universities because people, I'm a millennial, proud millennial, but a lot of people even younger than this really do need to change their idea of what it means to be an expert because they're being asked to step into roles that have never existed before, to think in new ways, um, to do new things, to draw upon different experiences that other people and generations haven't experienced. So if we put that like you said, patriarchal, capitalist, old model onto them, they could never build the world that we need them to build, that they want to build because technically they wouldn't be an expert. And so I feel like online space, although it's been around for a while, we still sit in that murky space that is still growing, is still evolving, is still changing, and we need to have a new thinking. And also remembering that we only need to be like one or two steps in front of our dream clients. Again, you don't need to you know, have reached a seven-figure business, if your clients are just starting out, that you don't need to be there in order to be an expert, in order to support them in their first steps. And a lot of my dream clients get hung up on that because, again, they feel like they need to have been in business for 20 years and all of those things. And if you have, fantastic. But that doesn't, again, mean that you're then equipped to teach others or to share your experiences with others. That has nothing to do with it. There are some people who have literally come out of nowhere in our world and business and in six months, uh, you know, are leaders and experts and they've only been doing it for six months. And again, we don't tell them to go home and come back in six years. We listen to them yeah. for so many more reasons. As you know, uh, I do work as a trainer for the Beautiful You Coaching Academy and something that I often say, and I know um, the lead trainer, Julie Parker, often talks about as well is 
like some of the best coaches are brand new coaches. And the reason why is because when you're so fresh in the game of something, you are so on the ball and so committed and so devoted to your clients because everything is about being of service to them. And it's not that that changes as you continue in business, but just there's something about that that new energy that is so magic and magnetic and it and it can be almost like a superpower if you allow it to be and so essentially it's like you can flip the script here and tap into well what is it about me being newer in business that actually is a strength and a superpower is it that when I start coaching my clients I'm going to have less people on my books than someone who's been in the game 10 years and so I'm going to be so all in on those particular clients or you know those sorts of things so I think that there's something really beautiful in that and I also love that Essentially, what you're saying is really define what being an expert means to you and then show up from that place. So if it means speaking to specific life experience, show up from that place. If it means honoring certain creds, speak from that place, like just knowing what your expertise look like, even if they're not the traditional expertise that you might have thought were the only ones that you know could exist. So I love that so much. With this in mind, how do we know what to talk about? So how do we choose content when we're showing up? So we've, and it's great because this this feels like quite a linear conversation that we're having. So we've done that work about really defining how we're showing up and what being an expert or a a thought leader looks like. What the hell do we actually then share? I love this question because a lot of us sit behind a screen and we're like, what do we share? And then we stop. And I think for a lot of my clients and maybe listeners too, we don't know how to actually go find like research or information to back up what we need to share. So I'm a big believer in market research and literally going out and being like, hey, (laughs) hi, everyone. What do you want me to share? Like, this is where I'm at. This is, you know, the expertise I do have. This is what I'm trying to achieve in my business. Like, what is the most interesting thing? for you right now. And it doesn't have to be complex or, you know, complicated. It doesn't have to be stressful and overwhelming. It can be simple as like an IG post. Do you want to know this story or this story on your website? You know, choosing a couple of different stories and putting them on. So your about page and your homepage, seeing which one resonates most with people. I feel like, yeah, we sit at home and we try and figure this all out ourselves when really we want to be validating our ideas and to know what other people want. Even if you're a publisher and you're writing a book, you get validation from the publisher, from your editor, from research, from everything else before you even put the book out. But we seem to think that we just do it all in isolation. And so I find when my my clients ask questions, it takes the pressure off and then they're able to respond and initiate these conversations. And it just makes it a way less stressful process. It's so interesting. And I know you and I have talked about this before because, you know, also with you on market research, we make the process so much harder for ourselves by going within rather than going out, outwards. Like 
if we're being really internally reflective on all of those things to speak about, it's so easy to get caught up in thoughts of, should I talk about this? Should I do this? Should I show up in this way? Whereas if we literally ask, we get the answers. And I think this comes back to so often we think that business needs to be harder than it actually is. But if we decide that business gets to be simple and we're always looking for the easier answers or the answers that might be like right in front of our nose, then we're going to make life so much easier for ourselves. I know that I've overcomplicated business again and again and again, because you hear the word business and you think, oh, complex, challenging, must be smart and work hard and make it hard for myself, right? So I just love that it's like, okay, cool. We just ask. We literally just ask. And it can be the most simplest question or test things out. Don't be afraid to put something out there and doesn't go well and then you get feedback on it. Again, we're afraid to get feedback on Mm. content on parts of our business. So a lot of my clients are afraid to say, hey, did you like this post or why didn't you like this? I thought that this was a topic you might be interested in. Again, you can get feedback. And like you said, if you're not making yourself having to like do all of these decisions, it makes it so much easier. And I think you also get confidence and clarity through doing. I think we also, I get stuck in this again, it's just in your head you know, like going through all of your content plan or all the ideas and you have a list of 50 and then you get stumped. You're like, well, which one do I do first? Do I choose this one? Do I choose that one? But if you actually take action, you'll get clarity through it. So often I'll start a post or have an idea and it's only when I start to develop that idea or play around with it or ask questions about it that I really get to the root of what I want or the core of what I want to say. And it's so much better when other people get to weigh in and to engage in the conversation. It's not meant to be a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. So again, if you think about coming up with what to say then, then you realize, oh, if I'm just having a casual conversation with someone, it's so much easier to ask questions to get feedback. It's not saying you're good or bad or silly or smart. And often the most simple content works. The most simple ideas work because they uh, are part of universal themes. So like love and hope and anger and frustration, all of those, if you speak to those, which we all do every day, again, it can be a really easy conversation. We don't have to create the next, like, I don't know, American novel. Again, going back to what we think content should be. It's just not like that anymore. The big thing to draw out of what you said there that I think will hit home for so many listeners is that clarity comes from that action. And so doing those things and look, we all forget, like I still need this reminder constantly because we get into these thought loops and trip ourselves up with them. Whereas actually, if we just take that first step forward, have the conversation, ask for the feedback, do the thing, we're far more inclined to get the answer that we want and keep getting that, you know, progressing that forward momentum. So thank you for sharing that. Okay. So with this in mind, let's now talk about, so we know we're we're kind of looking at the, the strategy or the process and we've talked about thought leadership and then creating content and how we you know, go about doing that. How do we then build profile presence and credibility? Like, I guess what I'm asking here is in your words, what do you believe makes somebody really stand out online? That they have a mission or vision and that they have something to say. And Some days that could be, oh, like here's my cute dog Pacey and my cup of coffee. But 
underneath that, I'm saying, here's my lifestyle. I love having a dog or this is what I drink or this is where I hang out or this is what my morning looks like. I feel like often we see people showing up online and again, because they haven't done the, maybe the expertise aspects and they haven't thought about, you know, what their dream clients want and they're not combining that together. Then they then sit there and do to share really like average posts that don't go anywhere. And then, then they go, Oh, no one cares what I have to say. No one, you know, wants to see me as a leader when really they actually aren't saying anything. And no, you don't need to be trying to solve like world peace. That's great. If you are, I think we are. And most of the listeners, I know my dream clients are trying to make a difference in the world, but you do need to just always be saying something, trying to change someone's point of view, trying to inspire someone, educate someone. And so I think when you actually look at the types of content that you can be sharing and you're standing for something and you're really clear about what you like or don't like or what your values are and what your mission isn't, that's when people lean in because it becomes really clear about who you're about and people want to follow people who are trying to work towards something. We Even brands, um, everything from McDonald's to like Stronger, it's a gym brand, they all have a mission and vision and we need that for our businesses too. So for me, I only follow people that have that. And I think from that, again, it makes it really easy to choose content, what to share, not to share. You can show up as yourself then too, because if it's your mission, your vision, your values, you don't have to create a separate persona and trying to create a business that looks like something else. And then you feel like you're kind of out of alignment, which happens a lot. So that's what I think is really, really important. The first step is to actually know why you're here, who you're trying to help, what you're trying to achieve. If you don't know that, again, unfortunately, it's a foundational work that really makes a difference. So true. And if we're really vanilla and we're not willing to stand for something in our content because we're afraid of people not aligning with us or agreeing with us or whatever, then we are just going to be beige and blend in with everyone else saying this is someone who's wearing a beige jumper right now. So obviously <laughs> we're not talking about tonal colors. Cause I know you and I are both a fan of tonal clothing. <laughs> we're talking about messaging, right? So I did, a, I shared a post the other day and I was like, I, I said something about beige being boring. I was like, not when it comes to interiors though, in that case, it's chic as fuck. <laughs> but like, ultimately we're talking about being somebody who is not afraid to be colorful in the way that you're showing up and presenting. And like you say, Rach, really standing for something because that's going to, that's going to create the, the polarizing nature that you most need to be able to draw your ideal people towards you. And if it means you repel some people in the process, that's actually awesome because it means you're doing that exact thing that we're talking about, which is not being vanilla. So essentially it's like avoid being same samesy and be brave and be bold. And, and this comes back to, you know, so much mindset work around that as well in trusting that you really can be brave and be bold and share because ultimately if you are mission driven, then it gives you that reason. It's like, there's a real reason why I'm showing up and doing this. And it's because of this mission or this why or this vision that's bigger than myself. So I think that's just such an important thing to come back to. I I know that anyone I've ever worked with who is like, I'm doing this work because I want to drink cocktails by the pool. I can honestly say anyone who's ever come to me with like, that's their priority 
and that's their sole priority. I, I'm just racking my brains now, but I can't think of a single person where I've then see them go on to create something really exceptional. And, and when I say exceptional, I mean something that's game changing work, that's generating income that they want, that's giving them the lifestyle they want. Like it needs to be more than that. It needs to be that you've got a reason for serving your people and you genuinely care about supporting them. And also that you want to have this amazing lifestyle while doing so, but that's just not enough. And people know that, wouldn't you say? Definitely. And I've had quite a few people come to me with that. And, you know, I'm all about independence and freedom. If you've ever followed me or hang out with me, that they're core things. But I always ask myself, which means that or which gets me what? So I can spend time with my family. So I can take time off if I'm unwell, so I can sleep in, so I can travel, you know, a couple of months a year and see friends and family. Like there is a reason why I want that. And I think we need to dig a little bit deeper. And again, if you're really clear on that, it also helps you overcome a lot of the other things that you need to have or do or be in order to build up that presence, which is like consistency, being able to consistently show up in the same space as yourself with the same message to continually serve, to get results and feedback and social proof. Again, if you're just showing up and saying, work with me, because I want to make money or work with me because I made money, that's a really hard space to sit in. Again, you become really you know, beige and vanilla, but imagine having to show up from that place all day, every day, and then everything about you hangs on how much money you make. And again, we know money really doesn't buy happiness. Money is just something that facilitates you to get other things. So again, I'd even argue anyone who's come to me and said, yeah, they just want money. I'm like, for what reason? For what? what? Like, why do you want money? And it can be selfish. Again, it doesn't need to be for world peace. It can be you want money to do whatever works well for you. There's no judgment there, but I want to get to that part. And so we can get stuck in these really top level reasons. And then that's why people aren't following you. Also, that's why sometimes people follow you and then they stop following you or why people sometimes read your emails and then don't for ages or why they love one post and not the other. Like ask yourself, are you being consistent? Are you showing up as your true self? Is it clear what you stand for? All of those things, like do you have social proof to back up that's what you're really about? And if you don't, then you just need to tweak it a little bit. You don't need to burn it all down, but maybe need to dig deeper. Rach, the last question I want to ask you is you and I have chatted many times about content marketing strategy and uh, the fact that a lot of people don't know what one is and how that can really hold them back. So can you just share with us, like, what does a content marketing strategy look like and mean and why is it important? Yeah, it's the thinking behind the content. So again, we just, you know, get all the feels, we feel energized, you know, in the flow, love that space. We show up, we share content, and then we just do that each week. And sometimes it might all align, but other times it might not align. And your content's actually there to fuel your business, both with sales, getting your dream clients, building up your presence. So if you don't have a strategy behind it, you can't tell one, can't answer the questions which we've been asking in this episode. Why am I making content? Like, what are my goals? What are my objectives? We can't answer the question, what content do I need? Like, what are my dream clients asking for? You know, again, that market research, you know, what channels do I need to be on? Do I need to be on Instagram? Do I need to be on LinkedIn? We can't answer those. And finally, we can't answer if it's working or not. You know, we might get a hundred likes, we might get one sale. Next week we get heaps and then a month 
nothing. Why? Like we can't do any of the kind of brainstorming behind why something's working, why something isn't working. Mm -hmm. So really it's just the thinking, the strategy behind it. And those are the three questions I always ask myself and I need to be able to answer them. So for me, my content marketing strategy is not a dusty document that sits, you know, somewhere in my office or on my computer in a random folder that I can't remember. It's a document that's like living and breathing that I'm always updating, that I get out, that I look at quarterly when I'm doing my three-month, you know, 90-day content plan. And I go through and I ask myself these questions. I make adjustments. I see what's working, what's not working. So when we start business and it makes heaps of sense, you know, this is my area of expertise and I get it that it isn't for others. We just know we need to show up in air quotes and we need to post a lot. But it's so vague and we need to determine that for ourselves, which is why you need to do your own content marketing strategy. Yes, the questions should be the same. Yes, you can use a template, but you need to answer those questions for yourself to get the answers you need to know what you want to do in your business. Because it might be fine for you to post three times a week for this first six months, but then you have a baby or, you know, you get a part-time job and then it needs to change. And then you put a lot of pressure on yourself to keep showing up. Or for a lot of my clients, they overshare content. They're producing so much content and it's not actually getting them any more results. And they could be focusing on other parts of their business and then vice versa. A lot of clients don't show up. They aren't online. They aren't sharing content and are just working with their business and they wonder why they're not achieving other things such as getting requests to be on podcasts or being able to take a break. It's because they're not sharing content. But again, in my opinion, because I'm big on processes and systems, if you don't have this document and then you ask me and I get a lot of DMs like daily, I can't answer it for you. And I'm really annoying and say, answer these questions or come back to me because I can't advise you otherwise and you can't advise yourself. Something I love so much about your work is you're so, so amazing at making sure that the way that you create and share is so bespoke to each person. And I think that that's so appreciated when it comes to content. Rach, can you finish up by sharing with us a little bit more about Create Content with Confidence? Because I know you've got this program coming up and it's exceptional and game-changing for anyone who might feel like their interest is piqued from this conversation. So tell us a little more about that. Thank you. Yes, I created this six-week program for this exact reason that people come to me and they're like, help, I'm creating too much content. I'm in a rut. I don't know what to do next, or I don't know what to create. And I'm sitting here each day beating myself up because I'm not creating content. So it's for the creatives, the service providers, the business owners who know that they want to show up, they want to sell with ease, they want to get to know their dream clients, they want to create content consistently but are feeling like they shouldn't show up because they're not an expert or that they're, like I said, creating content and just getting friend-zoned or they're not having the confidence to really stand for something because they're not sure what that is. So I take you through all the things that you need to create your own strategy so you can do everything that we've talked about here today and you can feel really good about creating content and actually use content to fuel the other things you want in your business. So maybe you want to get on a podcast, maybe you want to have more clients, maybe you want to be booked out months in advance or take time off. Content really can support all of those other business decisions and I feel like we don't realize that and we don't put enough emphasis on that it's not 
just creating content by itself, it fuels everything else and can really open up so many doors for people. It certainly did for me. And I go back to it time and time again. That is why I created the program. That's why I want to help others to do it too. Because often when you do this work, it's actually really cost effective, really time effective, and it allows you to have creative freedom in your business as well. So that's why I want people to learn about it, to actually love content marketing which is really nerdy, but please love content marketing. Well, the reason you're saying it is, and you know, I'm going to say this is your coach is because you, like you said before, it like for you, it created complete and utter freedom. It meant that you could scale and change your business model entirely so that you can do those things like have sleep-ins and pacey your dog cuddles and really enjoy your time and spend time with your family and go on those holidays. And so ultimately, you know, you're teaching from that place of when you executed this, it completely changed your business. Am I right or am I right? You're right. And it completely <laughs> changes all of my clients' businesses too. They're like, I did one post and got all of these results. Mm. What the actual? And I was like, yeah, it can be that simple when you do the foundational work behind it. Yeah, so good. We'll share that in the show notes for all of you that are listening as well. So you can go over and check it out. Thank you so much for this conversation. I think it's going to be super useful. I love you and your work and just so grateful to have you as a guest and also in my life. Right back at you. I wanted to jump back in here really quickly and let you know about my upcoming free workshop, which is called Create Your Quantum Leap. Now I'm freaking excited for this workshop. I don't remember the last time I created a free workshop and this is going to be amazing if you've been to anything that I've done free before, whether it be a challenge or a masterclass in the past, you will know that I give away my best, best work free in these experiences. So it is going to be insane. Let me share a little bit about it with you so that you can see if it is worth your time. This is for those of you who are entrepreneurs that are really at that point where you're ready to commit to your next level. And you know that in doing so, you need to unlock your mindset potential to conjure your creations into the physical realm. I'm going to share the biggest mindset shifts that I've navigated to go from $20,000 a year to $700,000 a year in annual revenue in just over a three-year period. This is for you if you're a coach, a creative, or a consultant who has a big-hearted mission, which I know if you're listening to this podcast, you do. You're at a consistent income ceiling and you're ready to soar beyond that. Or you're a leader who is really ready to overcome the self-doubt, the mindset hurdles, and the fears that are keeping you from playing big, bigger than you might be right now. I'm going to take you through a really awesome visioning and planning process that combines both mindset and strategy to help you completely level up and create your next business and life reality. And I'm going to share exactly how to unlock your mindset potential and uncover parts of yourself that you may not know currently exist within you. We're going to look at how to anchor into your core beliefs and values so that you can become a bold and powerful leader. If you're listening to this in real time, 
I'm going to be hosting this in just a couple of weeks. So please do not hesitate to jump on over to elliswift.com forward slash quantum leap. I'll pop the link in the show notes as well. elliswift.com forward slash quantum leap to sign up. We are then going to be able to dive into the second half of 2021 in a really big, expansive way. I know you're going to leave this feeling really inspired and excited because that's exactly how I felt creating it for you. So I really feel that that energy is going to be passed on in a really epic way. At least that is my intention. I'm so looking forward to it. Jump on over and register and I can't wait to see you there. It's free. Have a beautiful rest of your day. 